Hi, I'm Harriet Levins, one of the pastors here at Life Church, and we're so glad that you're tuning in with us this morning. Hey, I'm Pastor Tim Blevins. Thank you so much for being with us. We're so honored you came to be at Online Church today. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do at Life Church, just visit us at lifecc.com. Awesome. Hey, I want to invite you to prepare yourself for a great Sunday. Our team has worked hard. Our worship team is ready. We have a great message for you today. Prepare your hearts for an amazing day. God bless you, church. Hello, Life Church. How are you today? Welcome to Online Church. I am so glad you're here. I'm glad you're connected with us online. I want you to know that I miss you. Harriet misses you. Our entire staff misses you. We miss seeing your smiling face on Sunday, but we understand that some of you just are not able to make it yet, so we're just going to continue to connect right here. That's why I like online church. We're still able to connect online together. We may not be face-to-face, but we are faith-to-faith. Can I get an amen on that? So welcome to church. Welcome home. I'm so glad you're here. If you're a guest, please go to our website, Log on to the, the, the tab there that says online church. There's some drop-down menus and you can find prayer requests, praise reports. There's a place to give. There's a connection card to let us know you're with us today. So thank you for coming today. We are beginning a brand new series. I'm excited about this series today. It's called Rhythms, Finding Rest for Your Soul. Everybody say soul. We want to find rest. We want to refresh our soul. In this series, over the next few weeks, we're just going to talk about different ways, practical ways to have a healthy, refreshed soul. The world has gone mad, and it's trying to take our soul with it. But we're going to find healthy ways to keep our soul refreshed. What is your soul? Where is your soul? Let of 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, I pray that God who gives peace will make you completely holy, And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept healthy and faultless until the Lord Jesus Christ returns. So you are made up of a spirit, of soul, and physical. Probably you have a good idea how to take care and strengthen your physical life. Now, if you're like me, you know what to do. That doesn't mean you always do it. You know you're not supposed to eat carbs all the time and we're not supposed to be eating ice cream and banana pudding all the time. We know it. That doesn't mean we do it all the time, but probably you know how to take care of your physical body. You've probably heard a lot of sermons on how to strengthen your spirit life. In this series, though, we want to focus on our soul, that part of our life that's the inside of us, the soul life. That's the part that, that is our mind, it's our emotions, it's our personality. It's kind of who we are on the inside. And so we want to focus on that through this series. Now, in the book of Matthew, Jesus has a couple questions that he wants to ask you as we begin this sermon series today. So Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Now, what about those three questions? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? On religion, he says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll discover, or sorry, you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a rest, a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, 
And he says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. We want to learn the rhythms of life that Jesus wants to teach us, a rhythm that refreshes our soul. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So let me ask you the questions that Jesus asked. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Do you feel burned out? In other words, how are you doing on the inside? Occasionally I text my friends and I'll ask them, how are you doing? Now, pre-COVID, like back in 2019, when I would ask people how they were doing, I would get mostly positive responses. Maybe I would get, I'm really busy. But generally it was fine, I'm good, I'm blessed. And that was the general consensus. After COVID, now that we've been in this for months, I tend to hear more negative responses. And the thing I hear predominantly from the negative side is that I'm tired and I'm stressed. And so I believe for all of us, we have felt the effects of COVID-19 and, and all the stay-at-home things and, and things being closed, economy being crazy, and just racism. All those things have, have just built up inside of us, and we feel on the inside, we feel tired. We feel stressed. Stressed. It's been quite a year. But I want to help us turn that stressed feeling into a rest place a place where we feel rested and refreshed on the inside. So how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing on the inside? So recently I was reading some books on, on stress and how to work on our soul, and I compiled a list of questions that I found in a few books that help us kind of alert to us how we're doing on the inside. And so I'm going to ask you these questions just as a way to reveal whether or not maybe you are tired on the inside, maybe you didn't even realize it, but some of the questions that I found were things like, are you happy most of the time? Now, nobody's happy all the time, but are you happy most of the time? Or how often do you feel lighthearted? How often do you just feel ah, like you can breathe and just, you just feel lighthearted? How often do you laugh? Are you excited about the future? When we're tired and we feel depressed, often we don't have a great feeling about our future. Do you struggle to go to sleep or stay asleep at night? Do you struggle with that? Many times that comes from a, a stressed soul. Here's one that has impacted me. Have you been eating too much or eating too much unhealthy food? Now listen, that was way before COVID in my book, so I don't know if this one counts or not, but definitely I stress eat. That's the way I tend to, to respond to stress in my life. Some people respond with alcohol and other ways just to cope. None of those are healthy ways. It comes from an unhealthy soul. Another question I read, read is, have you lashed out in anger at your spouse or a friend or others? Have you been neglecting responsibilities at home? Are you venting negatively? Like, is that just negative coming out of you? Are you screaming at the TV? <laughs> oh, probably all of us a little bit. 
Are you lacking motivation? Are you lacking creativity for your job? These are signs. These are things that, that alert us that there's probably a weary soul, a burdened soul inside of us. I know when I went through that list, there were three of those things that I for sure checked off, and that didn't even include the food because that was way before COVID. But I know there's a weary soul that has crept inside of my heart, and, and I've had to find methods to, to refresh my soul I don't want to stay down. I don't want to be defeated on the inside. I want to feel refreshed and I want to be rested on the inside. So today I want to bring us a message today in dealing with what's going on the inside of us. And my sermon title today is The Practice of Pause. The Practice of Pause. When was the last time you pushed the pause button on some activities that are causing stress in your life? When have you pushed the pause? It's been about seven years ago, I was on a cruise with our family, and we went to uh, Charleston, and we went out on a, a carnival cruise line, and, and a carnival cruise line, it's, it's, it's great place to people watch, we had a blast, but listen, I love cruising. I am a good cruiser. If you need like tips on how to cruise, I can help you. I love it. So our whole family went, I went, Harriet went. Uh, Bailey and Eli went. Uh, my niece Casey, she went. This was before she was married to to Jared, and and so she was with us. And so uh, we had our little clan with us. And and I I love cruising. Let me tell you why I like cruising. A couple things I like about it. One is is I like that when I go cruising that I unplug from everything that's on the land. Like I just unhook from so many things. Expectations drop off when I'm on a cruise ship. Uh, for the most part, I can't even talk to people at home because our cell phones didn't work as well. And so it was actually just a moment of relief from the relentless pressures of what happens at home. I was unplugged from texting. I was unplugged from social media. I was unplugged from emails and just expectations. And, and man, just for that moment, it forced me to press pause on the things that bring pressure into my life. I like that. I also like that almost all of the decisions are already made. There's, we pre-plan everything we're going to do, and so you get on a boat and you just kind of walk along and enjoy it. There's very little to think about. I'll just, you just unhook from everything. It's great. The only decision you have to make is when you get to the restaurant tonight at the, at the, at the dining hall, whether or not you're going to have steak or lobster. You know, it's not that hard. Uh, we already decided we're eating all the dessert and we don't choose one or two of them. We just said, bring all of them. But it's great. I like unhooking. On this trip on the cruise, our first day there, Eli and Bailey and, and Harriet and Casey, they were up on the deck by the pool and they were people watching. And, and I said to them, I'd seen a room downstairs that was empty looked like, you know, like a lounge or something, like a little bar, but it was closed, nobody's in there. And I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to take a book, and I'm just going to just read for a little bit and unwind. And so I got down there to the room, and, and they had one of those half chairs and half couches. Have you seen one of those? You know, like a chair that's really long, and, you know, it's a half chair, half couch. I think you call that a, a chouch. <laughs> it's a chouch. It's half chair, half couch. That's what it is. But so I laid down on this couch and I was there and I had my book. And as I'm sitting there that first day, 
I could feel my body decompressing because I was unhooked from everything and there were no expectations. And before I knew it, I had just fallen, fallen sound asleep. I mean, I was having the nap of a lifetime. It was one of those naps where like from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, I was just so asleep. It was amazing. I don't know how long I slept, but I woke up a couple hours later at least. And when I woke up, it was kind of funny because as I kind of opened one eye and I looked around, well, somewhere while I was sleeping, the lounge had opened up and had started free drinks for everybody on the first night. And the lounge was packed with people in their little dresses and their outfits on, and they were going to go to dinner that night. And I was sound asleep in the middle of the room on the couch, and they were just looking at me. And, and honestly, I woke up and I just grinned at them. I'm like, I don't care. I just had the nap of a lifetime. And plus, I'm on a cruise and I don't know you. And so it was amazing. Here's the thing I learned, though, that, that when we are able to unhook and press pause on some of the things in life, we're able to, to rest on the inside. And I believe Jesus wants to invite you into a rest, a rest of a lifetime, a rest for your lifetime. You want to be refreshed. He wants you to live from a rested place in a refreshed heart. He wants to refresh you. And so he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And he said, I will give you rest. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Hey, let me ask you, what is causing you to be weary and burdened? Why are you tired on the inside? What is stressing out your soul today? I want to just share with you a couple things that I believe are causing you to be soul tired. Two things that I think cause our soul to be tired. And number one, our soul becomes tired from the pace of life. Our soul becomes tired from the race, the pace, the, the activity in our life. Everything in our culture has gone faster. There's higher demands. There's more expectations now than ever before. We're trapped into life that's at the speed of light. We are in one activity driving to another activity with another activity scheduled. We live so scheduled, so tight in our schedules. Listen, even a smartphone, I love my smartphone. It's fun, it's great. I can, I can be in a line at the grocery store and I can be checking the news, the weather. I can be checking the sports. I can be checking stock. I can even go on Amazon.com or Amazon and I can order keto bread and it can be sent to my house. I can be doing all that while standing in line at a grocery store. Amazing. But along with that phone comes huge burdens. Comes with a huge burden. Because right now with our phones, everyone has access to you at all times. Anywhere. You cannot get away from people having access into your life. There's the, the texting. Like when someone sends a text, it comes with a sense of immediacy on it. Like, I texted you, you should be texting me back right now. And so when I get a text, almost a sense of, of like stress rises because now they have put a, an activity that has to be piled on on an already busy schedule. You probably feel the same way. We all feel that from things like that. And if it's not from texting, now out of our phone, our Facebook can talk to us and people can send us messages on Facebook and we have messages that come through Instagram. And, and so all this demand comes on us through our phones. And if that wasn't enough, we are 
completely distracted by hundreds of notifications that come on our phones from social media to sports apps to weather apps to stock updates, news and politics. All of that is just coming at us so fast. It's a fast-paced life. We've been sucked into this pace of life that very few people are really enjoying anymore. And then there's the deluge of media in the news that has us under a spell. We're spending anywhere from one hour to ten hours a day viewing apps and flipping through, through Instagram pictures and we're just spending time looking at all kinds of things. We're, we're consuming so much information today that, that we would probably crash a computer from years ago, but just like so much is coming at us. And then you just add to that all of our normal activities of work and parenting and schooling and mowing yards and house cleaning and, and the pace of life is tiring our soul. Gosh, just talking about it, it makes me tired. The other type of tired there is is the tired that comes from the weight of life. Our soul becomes tired from the weight of life. What is the weight? This happens when we digest too much negativity inside of us. When we experience too many disappointments and too many losses and too much criticism coming our way and too many arguments, too many changes, we feel the weight of all of this on the inside. All of us are feeling the weight of culture right now, from the political environment to the economic pains to racial problems and health crisis. All of that adds a weight to our soul that we're trying to carry around. And then there are the number of traumatizing images that we put before us. We're overexposed to so many scenes of rioting and buildings burning down and streets filled with violence and murder victims and clashes with police. Listen, church, these traumatizing images are traumatizing our soul. It impacts us. It's the weight of all that's going on. And then the social or the human interaction is really weird right now at the best. I was at the grocery store this week and I was masked up and I was walking down the aisle and someone was coming the other direction in the aisle and I realized I was probably being the one that was walking the wrong direction. And, and so, but I was kind of committed to, to going down that aisle and as I was crossing by them, I, I gave this big smile because I thought, well, a smile would let them know that I was friendly and I meant no harm. And, but I realized as I smiled, they couldn't see my smile. All they could see was my eyes and all I could see was her eyes staring at me and glaring at me and I can make it assumptions that she's like, you know, criticizing me on the inside, but I don't know. I feel like these masks just create faceless robots walking around and we have no interaction, no human social connection with people that's out in public. It makes it so hard. All of these things are waiting, our weight in our soul. We feel the weight of that. And church, all of this is impacting our soul. In the year 2020 alone, there's been a 40% increase in mental health and behavioral health issues. That's just this year. 30% increase in depression and anxiety. There's been a 13% increase in substance abuse. 
I read online that in New Hanover County that domestic violence calls are up 114% this year. And here's what you need to know, church. We all have limits to how much negativity we can healthily manage. We have limits. We don't have a capacity to handle all of the pace and all of the weight of life. We weren't created to carry all of that inside at the pace and the weight that it's coming at us. And when we hit our capacity, when we, we fill up our capacity, we hit a wall. And when we hit that wall, what happens to us is we begin to respond and react to circumstances and to people in ways that we normally wouldn't respond because we're so filled with pain inside and tired inside that, that we have no room to be able to offer back something kind. We just, we're just kind of sitting at our, our limits. We're maxed out. We're maxed out. Someone answer me this question out of Matthew 16. It says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Like, is there anything worth more than your soul? Church, what, what is the benefit of consuming hours of social media and hours of news feeds just to harm your soul in the process? Is there any benefit to that? What is the benefit of being so busy and keeping such a fast pace of life that you lose your soul in the process? What is there a benefit if we are continually exposing ourselves to the things that are causing stress in our life? Is there any benefit to consuming all of this at the cost of our soul? Well, of course not. There's no benefit. An unhealthy soul will produce an unhealthy life. And that's why Jesus was asking, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you burned out? Because He wants to teach us to have a rhythm of life that refreshes our soul so that we're not maxed out in our emotions. And so we have something to give back to people so we can respond out of love and grace to others. We need to find the rhythm of life. We have to practice the pause. We have to pause some things in our life that are distracting us and hurting us. We're never going to completely remove ourselves from the world and negatively, and nor should we. But we need a way to fill our life with the things of God and to pause on the things that are hurting us so that we have a capacity to be able to to be a blessing to others and, to, and just to feel that lighthearted feeling, to laugh again. I want to help you laugh again through this series. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And He said, I will give you rest. He said, I will give you rest. Come to me, I will give you rest. The Greek word for rest is anapao. And it means to rest, relax, to calm, to be refreshed. Listen, I believe Jesus wants you to come to Him and learn to relax again. Well, just for a moment, take a deep breath and just... Uh, he just wants you to breathe again. He wants you to, to be refreshed in your soul deep down. He wants you to live refreshed. The root word for anapau is pau. And it means to pause. It means to pause, cease or refrain. And so like in my own words, kind of, if I were going to take this verse and, and kind of say it in a way that might make sense, I would say it kind of like this. 
that Jesus is saying to us to press the pause button on the activities that are causing you to feel tired and burdened so that He can refresh our soul. We have to press the pause button. Everybody say pause, just pause. We have to press that pause. We have to practice the pause in order to be refreshed. And it's important for us to understand that Jesus is asking us to pause some things, to pause, to to cease some things, to, to say no to some things so that we can say yes to the right things. Jesus is not saying, let me say to you this, what Jesus is not saying to you. He's not saying, oh, you're tired, oh, you're weary, then I want you to read your Bible more. He's not saying, oh, you're tired and you're weary. I want you to pray more. I want you to worship more. He's not saying I'm telling you to to go to church more. It's not more, more, more. If it's just more, if Jesus only said, I want to add more to your life, then that would only pile on more stress in our life. So what he says to us is, is, I need you to pause some things. I need you to discontinue some things. I need you to look at your life and find those things that are causing stress. And I need you to put some pause on that so that you have more room for God. If you're taking notes, write this down. I must practice the pause. And when we practice the pause, we're creating margin for the things that matter most. We're going to have to make a conscious decision, church, to to live within healthy limits in our life. Pausing is saying no to some things. It may be no to some some things like how much internet, how much time I'm on social media, how much time I'm on the news. We may have to say no to some things because it's filling up our emotional tank with negativity. It's just, it's a pace of life. It's filling us up and we have nothing left over. And so we have to create margin in our life. When we live with a maxed out emotional tank, then we don't have the margin for our spouse and for our children and for our work and for our friends. We need that kind of margin in our life. When margin decreases, stress always increases. When we live a marginless life, listen, it's, it's like marginless living. Let's put it like this. It's when we skip our quiet time with the Lord because we need to be at work at eight, but we overslept because we were up too late watching Hulu because we were stressed out from everything going on and couldn't go to sleep. It becomes a vicious cycle. We leave no margin. Marginless living is when you have a maxed out emotional energy tank, when that's maxed out because you've been watching news and social media and you've had negative friends in your life and and so your emotional tank is is maxed out and then you come home and your child is crying because he can't figure out his math and your emotional tank is empty or overflowed and you have no capacity to handle your child's emotions and so what you do is you turn and you you lash out at your husband who just happens to be in the room i mean that's just the way it works Because we have no capacity. Listen, if I were a doctor, I'm not a doctor. Love our doctors that go to our church. But if I were a doctor and you were a patient, I would not diagnose our problem, your problem, and remedy like this. I would say it like this. I would say the symptoms in your life are stressed and tired. That's the symptoms. The diagnosis 
is that you've maxed out the limits of your pace and weight of life. Then I would say the prescription, this is how you're going to get better, is to practice pausing and creating margin in your life. And then the prognosis would be a healthy soul. Listen, you can be healthy in your soul, but we're going to have to push the pause. We're going to have to practice the pause. And so for just a moment, let me share with you two ways you can practice the pause. And number one, you press pause on the pace of life in order to spend time with the Lord. Press pause on the pace of life. I believe that the Bible teaches us a rhythm to life. There's a rhythm, and it should look something like this. On a daily basis, we should have time with God. Every day, we should have some time with the Lord, preferably first thing in the morning. That way, we begin to fill our emotional tank with the Word of God, the promises of God. Our faith is built. We are strengthened, ready for the day. Daily, though, rhythm. We need time with God. Time with God daily. On a weekly basis, so there's a daily rhythm, there's a weekly rhythm. Our weekly rhythm should look like worship on Sunday, the first day of the week. First day of the week, we are worshiping together, either online or in person. But we should come and, and give God our praise, and we should give Him our worship, and, and we should encounter God's Word and His presence. And, and in that, once a week, we are putting Him first. Every Sunday, we put Him first. It's part of the rhythm of life that refreshes our soul. So we put God first, then possibly you work for five days, and then once a week on Saturdays you recreate, you rejuvenate, and you rest for a day. But it becomes a rhythm. It's a rhythm that we need to learn to live in. Daily time with God. Weekly time to worship together. A rhythm. Hey, if we miss the rhythm, then stress will come. Yearly, we should retreat for an extended period of time for rest and celebration. In the book of Luke chapter 5, Jesus teaches us this pattern. It says, the news about Him, and I put in parentheses Jesus, but the news about Him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear Him and to be healed of their sickness. Verse 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often and regularly practiced the pause on His ministry activities and even time with His disciples to be alone with the Lord, to be undistracted and focused on the Lord in prayer. The crowds were following Him. The demands were on Him. They were looking for Him. He could have spent more and more time. He could, have just, he could have just raced into that and stayed with those people, but He chose to push pause. He knew He needed a rhythm in His life. He knew He needed time with God, so He pushed pause on a regular basis so He could be refreshed. Because if we aren't refreshed, we have nothing to pour out to others. We have to keep our, our emotional tank with margin in it. We have to be refreshed he set an example of that rhythm in our life. And if we break that rhythm, then you'll begin to experience a tired soul. The second place we need to practice pause is we need to press pause on the weight of life. The weight of life. When we over-consume 
too much of the world. It fills our emotional capacity to its limits. We're filled with negativity from the world and it leaves little or no room for giving ourselves fully to anyone else, to our work, to our ministry. It just, it fills us. We tend to live in a boundary-less environment where we're exposed without limits to too many negative things. And so today I just want to encourage you to press pause, practice the pause on some of the things that are creating the weight, the pressure, the stress of life in you. So some ideas. These are just ideas. Maybe you have some things that would fit you, but some ways to push pause, to practice the pause on the weight of life. Some ideas would be like, um, limit the number of times you open your smartphone. Now listen, I, I would struggle with this personally. And statistics show that most people open their phones and look at them somewhere like every five minutes of their day. Uh, I don't know, I'm probably somewhere near that at times. And we just have no boundaries on the exposure of our smartphones coming into us. Maybe we limit that. Maybe it's the amount of time that you spend on social media. Too many times we, we wake up in the morning and the first thing we do is we're scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and whatever other app you look at. And then throughout the day we're scrolling through it and we, we look at it last thing before we go to bed and, and we're, just, we're just letting the weight of the world come to us through social media. Maybe you make a practice that you check social media three times a day. Maybe it's mid-morning, afternoon, and, and you know, evening or something like that. But press the pause. Let me remind you of the verse I talked about a minute ago that, that is it worth your soul? Like, like these things are hard, but, but is Instagram worth your soul? Is Facebook worth your soul? Maybe we need to put some boundaries on these things in our life. Maybe it's the amount of time you watch the news. Like, do you have the news on a lot? And is, is the news just, just, you know, filling you and feeding you? We need to feed on other things than just the news feed. Boundaries. Push the pause on some things. We need to make room for the, the weight of what's coming at us. We need capacity for the weight. Maybe we need to turn off all of the notifications on your phone. Maybe you go no notifications. That way your notifications can't demand your attention. Maybe you want to learn to check your emails only twice a day. Maybe it's just morning and maybe it's late afternoon. We got to get rid of the weight. Boundaries. Maybe you need to politely bow out of negative conversations. You know, just sitting and listening to a negative conversation is impacting your soul. It's just filling up your, your emotional capacity with negativity. So maybe you need to learn to bow out of those gracefully and just, you know, find something else to do, leave the conversation, go to a different place in the office, whatever it may take. Don't let that feed your soul. Also, don't feel pressure to immediately respond to every text and every email and every Facebook message and, and like there's not an urgency on it. Like you pick your times when you'll respond. 
Stay in control of your life. Listen, Jesus modeled this. Let me show you in Mark 1, 35 and 38. He said very, it says, uh, Mark says this, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So once again, he's modeling spending time with the Lord and he'd gotten up early. He was spending time with the Lord. And it says Simon and his companions, they went to look for him. And when they found Jesus, they said to Jesus, they said, everyone is looking for you. And then Jesus said, okay, let's go somewhere else. I love that. Listen, the demands of others did not control Jesus. Just because someone had, had given him a notification, just because someone had sent him a, a text through his disciples, that didn't demand Jesus have to respond. He stayed in control of his environment. He set healthy boundaries in his life. He kept boundaries of the things that were demanding his attention so that he could focus on giving his life to the right things. In this situation, he, he was with his disciples. He wanted to fully invest in them. You know, we can't invest in the people and the things that are most important to us when we're always being controlled by outside weights of the world. It's okay to set boundaries in your life that'll help you to push pause so that you have the capacity for the things that really matter. You know, my, uh, my greatest fear personally isn't failure. My greatest fear is being successful at the things that don't matter very much. Like, I don't want to be successful at being the person that responds the fastest to every text and email that comes in. But I'm not the best at responding to my wife and to my children. Like, I don't want to be successful in, in video games or I don't want to be successful in, in, in things that don't matter because I want to be successful in the things that do matter. And so my greatest fear is just being great at things that don't matter and neglecting the things that do matter. And if we learn to press the pause, we can press pause on those things that are bombarding our life at the, at the rate and the pace and, and this, the race of life. If we can push pause and slow it down, if we can push pause on some of the things that are waiting down our life, We'll have room for the things that really matter in our life. And so this week, as we begin this series, I want to encourage you to practice a rhythm of daily time with the Lord. Like, would you just make a commitment that you're going to be like Jesus and you're going you're to pause on some activity to spend time with the Lord? Would you, just, would you make that commitment today? Would you also make a weekly commitment that you're going to worship at the first of the week. Just make a decision that you're going to be putting Jesus first. It's part of the rhythm of life. This is what refreshes us. Jesus said, come to me. That's where he refreshes us when we come to him. And so he invites you to a rhythm of daily and weekly time with him. Also, would you maybe consider picking a way maybe two or three ways that you can press pause on the things that are causing you emotional stress. Maybe there's something that, that you can do that you can put a boundary on that will protect your soul so you have the capacity to give it to others. Maybe you need to pick one or two things 
this week to press the pause on. Amen, church. Listen, Jesus is inviting you to come and be refreshed. He asked the question. He said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? He said, come to me. And I want to just take this moment as we close out this service to to bring your burdens to Him. Would you come to Him right now? I know you're online, but would you maybe just for this moment press pause on everything else and bring your cares, your concerns to Him. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says to cast your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. So would you just do that right now? Would you just, would you just pause everything else? Don't pause this video. Pause everything else. Ah, quiet in your heart. Maybe you need to give your children some extra you know, Cheerios and goldfish for just a moment so you can totally give this moment to the Lord. And I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person that's here. Lord, many of us have felt the weight of what's going on in culture. Many of us have been on the, the, the wheel that's just spinning with the pace of life. And, and Lord, it has caused our soul to be tired, wearied and burdened. And today, God, we want to come to you. Would you just lay that at the Lord's feet? Would you just... God, just give it to you, Lord. And now, right now, would you just breathe in His, His refreshing, His Spirit. And I just pray for you. I pray in Jesus' name that you are refreshed from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Church, I love you so much. Thanks for tuning in today. And I look forward to seeing you next week. I want to close with our closing declaration. And so would you say this with me as we close today's service? I declare I'm part of a growing community of Christians who worship God and help others find life in Jesus. I will go with courage and return with honor. I am a light to the world and all who meet me this week will be blessed because I am a child of God. God bless you, church. Have a great day and push the pause button and be refreshed.